lot of money. All you want is to make a lot of money. Hey everybody, welcome to Offbeat Wall Street. I'm Frank Miller. Now every week, as you know, we wrestle with the pressing issues of finance, taking Wall Street to the mat and pinning it down to the most important information about investing. And sometimes we give it a figure four leg lock. But this week, we've got the Olympics on our mind, where they do real wrestling. Not that the other wrestling, never mind. The U.S. is dominating the games. NBC, eh, not so much. Now, the network's coverage of the games has been widely criticized, but we'll take a closer look at just how well NBC is really doing and whether there's anything they can do given the current media culture. And we'll also take our usual tour around Wall Street. Now, the consumer was in focus on Wall Street last week as investors digested new figures on retail sales. So we'll take a closer look at those and what they mean for Wall Street in the near future. A bunch of retail earnings came out last week, and we'll scrutinize the results from Macy's, Nordstrom's, and JCPenney's. Yes, they're all still around. And we'll also take a look in this week's retail earnings. Walmart leads the way, and we'll show you what to expect from the industry's big dog. I like J.C. And we'll also check in on the Fed. And we're set to get more details on uh, what actually happened during the last Fed meeting. And we'll take a look at when a rate hike is likely going to happen. This is the more than just a medal edition of Offbeat Wall Street. This is an Olympic gold medal. I won this three years ago at the 23rd Olympic Games in Los Angeles, California. This is more than just some piece of metal. It's about what the medal represents, the virtues it requires to attain it. Twenty dollars and zero cents. All right, shoppers were front and center on Wall Street last week, even more in focus than Ryan Lochte's green hair. Yeah, the government released figures on retail sales for July. The number was stagnant compared to the previous month. There was no change at all. And that followed an upwardly revised eight-tenth of a percent increase in June. The July figure was a surprise to economists. The experts had generally been looking for sales to rise for the month, with the consensus estimate calling for an improvement of about four-tenths of one percent. The flat performance came even despite a spike in auto sales. Leaving out this volatile part of the market, retail sales were actually down three-tenths of a percent in July. Lower gas prices contributed to the decline, with gas station sales down 2.7%. However, there was also a notable slide in sales by sporting goods, hobby, book, and music stores. More concerning news about the retail sector came from corporate news. Now, Macy said that it was closing 100 stores, and that represents about 15% of its total location number. All right, the news came as department store chain revealed a sharp drop in its quarterly earnings. The company's earnings statement also showed a nearly 4% fall in revenues. Still even despite the declines, both earnings and revenues beat expectations. The results for the quarter may have been technically better than expected, but they certainly weren't good. Thus, the store closings. Right? The locations are expected to be closed in early 2017. The company said it would announce the exact store scheduled to be shut down at a later date. That move is part of a strategy to move more of its business online. All right, JCPenney also had a tough quarter, although they were technically ahead of expectations. Penny's reported a loss for its second quarter, but the loss was a bit narrower than last and not as bad as analysts had feared. Sales for the quarter ticked up, rising at 1.5%, and that included a 2.2% rise in comparable store sales, which is a pretty important measure for retailers. And a third big retailer reported earnings last week. Nordstrom revealed quarterly earnings that were lower than expected, but like Macy's and JCPenney, the company nevertheless beat expectations. Nordstrom also raised its outlook for the full year. 
All right, taking a look away from the retail sector and away from Ryan Lochte's uh, shockingly green hair, <laughs> Disney announced better-than-expected quarterly results last week. The company booked a profit for the quarter of about $2.6 billion, and that was up from $2.48 billion last year. Now, that earnings growth was better than economists had predicted. Revenue likewise beat expectations, rising 9% to $14.28 billion. The results were helped by a strong box office performance, with movies like Zootopia and The Jungle Book contributing to results. There's also growth at the company's theme parks. Disney made some news beyond the results as well. The company announced that it's agreed to buy a sizable share of BamTech, a video streaming company previously formed by Major League Baseball. Maybe you heard of them. Kind of a new startup. Yeah, The deal gives Disney a 33% stake now and the option to buy majority ownership in the coming years. Disney will pay $1 billion in two installments, one now and one in January of 2017. If they don't pay on time, I think there's a $15 late charge. Well, Mark, you... Do you have any idea who I am? No. no. Some rich guy calls you on the phone. I want Mark Schultz to come visit me. All right, as we know, the Olympics are in full swing. We've seen the women's gymnastic team win gold. The U.S. has racked up medals in swimming, led by Michael Phelps, Katie Ledecky, and the finger-waving Lily King. All right, we've all wasted valuable working hours watching judo and women's beach volleyball, and we've all been mesmerized by the green swimming pools, which they say is totally safe. Sure it is. And we've all gotten to indulge in America's new favorite event, savaging NBC's shoddy coverage. Hey, there's too many ads. There's pointless tape delays. The app is hard to use and won't let us watch what we want. That's all true, but (laughs) there's not much we can say. But if we can't mount much of a defense, we can at least give an excuse, right? Yeah. The Olympics is an unwieldy thing to produce. Events happen at strange times. Everybody's a different idea of what's worth watching. Uh, personally, the 10-meter air pistol, mesmerizing. Hey, but you know it only happens every two to four years, uh, depend on how you're counting, and it's enough time for viewer taste to change dramatically from one set of games to the next. For example, the opening ceremonies in Rio drew 26.5 million viewers. Now, that was down 35% compared to the London Games four years ago. The 2012 opening ceremony had nearly 41 million viewers. A good part of this comes from people cutting the cord and moving online. For instance, NBC said the total number of live streaming minutes for the Olympics topped 1 billion. It's also a tough comparison. The London Olympics was the most popular in history. In fact, the 2012 Games were the most watched event in U.S. television history, believe it or not. NBC is scrambling to predict viewer tastes in a quickly changing media landscape, and it's also trying to protect its $1.23 billion investment in the Rio Games. But hey, it's not all bad news for the network. While NBC is having a hard time living up to its own performance four years ago, it's still killing its competition right now. NBC's Olympic coverage earned 15 million viewers on average for the first week of the games. Second and third in the ratings were ABC and CBS with about 4 million viewers each, and Fox barely beat Univision and Telemundo. It's hard for NBC to complain about getting three and a half times the viewers as its next closest competitor. Mother, I am leading men. I am training them. I am teaching them. I am giving them a dream. And I am giving America Hope. All right, moving back to the Fed. The Federal Reserve is back in our lives this week. Yep. 
The central bank is set to release the minutes of its last policy meeting in July. Now, that meeting ended with the Fed leaving rates alone, but there were some signs that the Fed was still moving towards a rate hike in the near future. The minutes should give more specifics about what policymakers were looking at when they made their decision. Investors will scrutinize the info for signs as to when the next rate hike is going to take place. People still seem pretty skeptical about a near-term rate hike. The Fed fund futures are pricing in about an 18% likelihood of a rate hike at the next meeting. That's set to take place next month. Still about 50-50 about whether a hike will take place at all by the end of this year. The Fed minutes are due out on Wednesday. Now, aside from the Fed, the economic calendar is uh, relatively calm this week. There's a couple of noteworthy housing reports due out. Housing starts data are out on Tuesday, and that'll be the marquee release there. All right, there's also some fresh data set to come out on the manufacturing sector. Stats are due out on industrial production. Also, the New York Fed's Empire State Index and the Philadelphia Federal Reserve's Regional Manufacturing Index are both on the agenda as well. Turning to the corporate calendar, hold on, let me uh, flip the page. Ah, there it is. Retail earnings remain in the spotlight this week. A number of key industry players will release their quarterly results. Now, the parade is led by the world's biggest retailer, Walmart, set to release their results on Thursday. Analysts are looking for the company's profit to fall compared to last year. Revenues are expected to be roughly stagnant. Last week, Walmart said it was buying online retailer Jet.com for $3 billion in cash. That move is meant to improve the company's Internet presence, obviously at a time when its results look like they're struggling just a little bit. Meanwhile, the number two big box retailer Target is set to announce its results as well this week. Earnings are also projected to be lower there. Further sign of times for the sector, analysts are predicting a 7% drop in Target's revenue for the quarter. Home Depot, Lowe's, Staples, Advanced Auto Parts, Gap, and American Eagle Outfitters are among the other retailers that are out with their results this week. Deer and Analog Devices are also some of the non-retailers that will be prominently on the docket. And there's a double dose of Cisco this week. On Monday, we've got Cisco, spelled with an S. That's the food distribution companies. Uh, those of you on college campuses are probably more than, more than familiar with uh, that Cisco. On the other side of campus, away from the student union, Cisco with a C, the one you think of when you think of Cisco. The world's most high-profile networking equipment maker will be out with their results. All right, earnings are expected to be higher for both Cisco's. However, Cisco with an S is looking at the better bottom line growth for the quarter. Meanwhile, Cisco with a C is expected to see revenues fall. Well, so much for technology being the high growth sector. How are you feeling? I feel very good about it. I'm a little concerned that there are some psychological issues. All right, thanks everybody. This has been Offbeat Wall Street and if you like the show, please go to iTunes and subscribe. And while you're there, why not go ahead and rate and review the show? Good ratings help other people discover the show, so it's very helpful. Also, make sure you let all your friends know. Or what you could do is grab their devices or their computers, subscribe for them, have it automatically pushed into the background and <laughs> hey, there we are, unexpected just like the latest U2 album. Hey, and don't forget to check out our website at offbeatwallstreet.com come it's looking pretty good still a little bit of work to be done but you know you can say that about just about anything in life but you can always check out all the great additional content that's posted there throughout the week you can also follow us on twitter at offbeat wall street that's street like st like you'd see on your average street sign and of course a big shout out to the big bs for all the script writing and co-producing of the podcast brian stewart we love you couldn't do it without you well love you in that platonic kind of way 
Anyway, not going to go there. A special thanks also to our good friends at RTT News. They provide a ton of the news and stats we use on the show. So if you want all the up-to-date info on the markets, check them out at rttnews.com. And as we say goodbye, I just want to give you a final bit of advice for today. No, not to stay out of the green pools. No, to go anywhere in life, it's important to find your lane, to investigate your innermost self, and learn what you really, really care about. Now, that said, it's also important to figure out what you don't care about. I don't care what you do with the train set. I don't care about trains. Have a great week, everybody.